Backs him down. Giannis into the lane. Giannis spinning. Fading shot. Up. Good for Giannis at the buzzer. Bucks win it. I'm your host, Kane Pittman, here uh, alongside the founder of brewhoop.com and longtime voice of the podcast, short time face of the podcast, Frank Madden. Uh, the Bucks, and, and you know, we read out the scores to these games, Frank, and uh, you know, in the end, the score doesn't really matter. I think the Jazz, for the most part, didn't play their starters in the second half. The Bucks uh, sort of uh, didn't play Giannis and all these guys in the fourth quarter, but I thought overall it was a pretty entertaining game. The Bucks went down 124. To 120. I feel like we should start this with Giannis, though. I think you mentioned this, Frank, in our DM this morning when I woke up and you said, well, I guess there's not too much to worry about Giannis' knee. And he looked pretty good in that first preseason outing that we saw tonight. He had 21 points in 21 minutes, really looked unstoppable. Uh, it's always going to be something that's there in the background. But I think that that's the, the main news story from this preseason, right? Yeah, I mean, I think uh, just... Generally, the Bucks looking overall. I mean, obviously, Chris and Drew coming off also very short off seasons, even shorter off seasons than Giannis. But obviously, the difference with them is that they didn't have you know a near catastrophic knee injury in the Atlanta series. But uh, yeah, I mean, I know we we had discussed it when you know sort of the news was breaking right before training camp that Giannis was still saying that he was you know still hurt, and then on media day, not practicing uh, that those first few days. Um, you know, I know we were sort of speculating about like, is, is he going to play it all in the preseason? Is he going to show up for like the last game? Um, I think we've talked about, he's played two or three preseason games each of the last four years. So he's played fairly limited preseasons. That's, that's a pretty normal thing at this point. But, um, I thought it was a good sign that, you know, he was back in practice the first week going five on five, um, of training camp. Uh, so obviously they felt, you know, comfortable enough that, that he could be out there doing a five on five. And then, uh, you know, it was great to see him out on the floor. He did made some very athletic plays. He was, you know, assist hunting as he sometimes likes to do when, uh, he's sort of feeling it, especially in a blowout game against Oklahoma city. And so, you know, that was obviously was probably the most encouraging thing, just seeing him look like Giannis basically. Uh, and I thought maybe they would rest him tonight in Utah, given it's a road game, and you still have the Friday game at home, which presumably you're going to play him at home right before the preseason end. So I, I thought, oh, maybe they'll just you know rest the guys again tonight. But um, you know the the injury report has been getting shorter. Um, and uh, other than I guess what it was, Shemi was out. Um, Rodney Hood was back, although not really back <laughs> the way the way he played. <laughs> um, but I guess it was it was Dante Shemi, and I'm forgetting. Uh, and Bobby, uh, who who were out today, but so it was a little interesting because it was kind of like your starters, and then um, all the deep bench guys, and and you know we saw like Sandro very early just because again Bobby and and Shemi are out. So um, so but you know again this was the closest we've seen to a full strength Bucks team. We saw uh, the starters start the third quarter, and you know Giannis, yeah, I, I think as as much as Chris Middleton looked great again, twenty five points on fourteen shots. Um, I think Giannis is the story just because. 
the fact that he's out there playing. He did not slow down. You know, he missed some jump shots the other night after kind of attacking the rim early tonight. Uh, went to that jump shot early, hit two out of three from deep. Um, just looked very comfortable shooting the ball. Uh, and again, just sort of doing Giannis stuff. So, uh, you know, again, first thing is always just get through these games healthy and move on to the next one so you can get to the regular season and then so you can get to the playoffs eventually. It's it's a grind. It's a marathon, et cetera, et cetera. But uh, I think as far as preseason games go, you know, they, they they just couldn't get over the hump in Utah. They're the world champion <laughs> bucks. They still can't win a goddamn game in Utah. Uh, working on, what, two decades now of futility in Utah. Um, but, hey, I mean, they used to – remember they had the same thing with in Phoenix for the longest time and – you know, they end up winning a an NBA championship against the Suns this summer. So, uh, you know, that's the way it goes. I guess we can't get too greedy. I was hoping the the bench unit could uh, could pull one out there against uh, against the the Jazz bench late. Um, but uh, yeah, some some pretty stark differences. Uh, the starters were all plus double digits, and the uh, the bench guys. Uh, let's just say they did not hold up their end of the bargain. But it's preseason, no big deal. And you know, again, as long as you stay healthy and you're kind of key rotation guys, star players are, are looking good and, and finding rhythm. I think that's all that matters. And that's what we've seen in these first two games with the starters back. It's been a good ramp up, I think, in minutes, pretty standard, which, as you sort of pointed to, I think um, gives you the idea that they'll probably play in the third game. If you just look at Giannis, for instance, 17 minutes in the first appearance, 21 tonight. And we've seen it across a number of teams across the league. It almost feels like that 25, 26-minute mark is is kind of like the last lead into the regular season and then they have really only two or three days off and then they've got Brooklyn. So I, th- I think that'll probably be the path. I would expect that they'll probably play uh, Chris Milton and those guys uh, in the final game against Dallas. Uh, if everyone pulls up okay from this one, uh, like we always say, thanks for making Locked On Bucks your first listen of every day, free wherever you get your podcasts. And also now on YouTube, Frank, we're up to 830 subscribers. We're on the road to 1,000. Maybe we can get to 1,000 by the start of next week, by the start of the regular season. Let's set ourselves a target. And the bonus of watching us on YouTube is that you can see Frank is already starting to feel very comfortable with YouTube. He's installed this uh, fake lightning in the background. <laughs> I hope it's <laughs> fake lightning because I'm a little bit worried about your internet connection right now, Frank. That, you, you, it's, it's a very real a lightning storm that is happening in Austin, Texas right now. I had to sit upstairs with my daughter a little bit longer because at three and a half, she's not a big fan of of thunderstorms, Um, which is kind of funny to me. I love thunderstorms and I I don't, I guess at some point as a little kid, maybe I didn't like thunderstorms, but um, I I always think they're cool, right? I mean, uh, I don't know, thunderstorms great. I'm one of those people that like gets the, I like to fall asleep with the sound machine on and, and when I'm traveling, I've got the like sound app on my phone and I'll, I'll sometimes do, I don't do thunderstorm, but I'll do like rain. Yeah, I'll do rain yeah. as just sort of like background noise to fall asleep too. So, um, I, Hey, I'm going to, I can podcast through a, a thunder and lightning storm, but yeah, if you're watching us on YouTube, you can literally see the lightning, uh, lighting up the, 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 my backyard behind me here, uh, through the window. So yes, no, we are not put, putting money into special effects yet on, on locked on bucks on our YouTube channel, but Shout out to everybody who's subscribing, and uh, you know, hey, even if you're not, if you're, even if you're going to do regular podcast listening, next time you're on YouTube, you know, yeah, search for Lockdown Bucks, give us a subscribe, do us a solid, you know, help us get to a thousand. Maybe we'll, maybe we'll give out some, maybe we'll, we probably need to do like a giveaway or something where, you know, I don't know, I don't know how we'll do it because subscribe subscriber names are uh, obviously not real people names typically, but um, 
But yeah, maybe we need to do something where we we give away a prize to uh, to one of our subscribers or something. I'm just making this up on the spot. So Kane, we're gonna have to write some. We might have to write some checks here. It's coming uh, out of your pocket. Yeah, unfortunately, we can't call out people for not subscribing because I don't have a list of <laughs> a list of names. But I will tell you, I've been speaking with uh, Dave Kane, the radio play-by-play guy, and also Lisa Byington in the last couple of days, and they both subscribe and they both listen. So, uh, look, we we're go. really we're really excited to listen to those guys uh, during the regular season. So it's good to have them uh, listening to the show. Uh, I want to talk about the specific jump shots and and shots that Giannis was getting in today's game because I think it was it was a nice variety he was definitely trying to get to different spots and show some different things Um, but you spoke about thunderstorms and if you are a little bit nervous about thunderstorms perhaps you start to sweat a little bit and (laughs) and we've got a product we've got a product that can help you sweat block and sweat block wipes the doctor created doctor recommended they work for up to seven days per use and there is a dry shirt guarantee if sweat block doesn't keep you dry you can get your money back it's actually ranked Number one in the antiperspirant category on uh, Amazon. So uh, there you go. It's obviously uh, it's obviously doing well. But Sweatblock is stronger and more effective than most clinical antiperspirants. You simply apply it at night before bedtime. Go to bed. The next morning you wake up, wash, and go about your day without having to worry about sweating. Uh, that's a guarantee. So you can get it today for 20% off at sweatblock.com with the promo code locked on, or you can find it on Amazon or at CVS. So Giannis, we, we've seen him, and listen, it's the preseason, so we're allowed to you know, get as excited as we want to overreact as much as we want, particularly when it comes to Giannis, because typically when you overreact when there's something about Giannis, you can feel a level of confidence that he's going to follow through with that. But I think we saw almost the whole package. So we saw uh, the first jump shot where he sort of brought the ball up in transition, looked like he was going to attack the basket, gave a little bump, said, all right, I'll step back, I'll knock down the jump shot. Then he went to the post free throw fadeaway. We've seen that a fair bit. He really brought that into his game last year. But maybe the highlight for mine was the the almost arrogant corner three where the defender was kind of slow to get out there. So then like, like every shooter does, he checked his feet. He checked his feet. No Kevin Durant stuff going down here. Knocked down the three, looked at the bench. Hey, People are analyzing this on Twitter. They're saying there's a quicker release. They're saying there's a smoother release. <laughs> what, 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 what can we take away from this? Because I will say it's fun. It was fun to see him knocking down those shots. I'm 40 years old, Kane. I mean, I, this is what you're, whatever, eight, eight of Giannis, whatever it is. Um, I'm I'm too old to to get really hyped about this. Frank, um, let me just before you keep going. You told me before we started recording, you want to talk about Giannis and free throws, and he's taken three free throws for the whole preseason. So okay, <laughs> continue, continue. <laughs> I was already going through my head. You know, last year I think he had basically there were four four different styles of free throw that he went through over the course of the season, and I was like prepared to break down. You know, preseason Giannis, where he was doing that weird elbow tuck that he brought into the first game, and then he switched out of that into a more kind of typical one. And then he had the the really long pronounced one where he was taking the deep breaths, and then he got called for the, the 10 second against Atlanta in January. And the next game in, against Toronto in Tampa, which was the day of the getting old and weird speech, <laughs> he started doing the pantomime before he got the ball. And then he did that pretty much until the finals. And then late in the finals, he went to that. He, he got you know, into that more, more rush shot thing. That is, that is, that is the, the cliff notes version of Giannis's free throw uh, stylings last year. Um, and yeah, we saw it was the same thing we saw tonight. He gets an and one on Rudy Gobert three minutes into the game. So the only free throw he shot tonight. Um, 
And uh, similar thing to what we saw in the previous game, catches the ball deep breaths, which he stopped doing at the end of the final. So in the 17 to 19 game, he was, he got rid of his deep breaths, but he was still taking a lot of dribbles. Cause there's basically two things that makes free Giannis's free throw routine long. It's the deep breaths contemplating, you know, the cosmic, you know, essence of the universe or whatever he does when he's kind of gathering himself at the beginning. And then there's the six, seven dribbles that he does after that. And then he has that, like, has that moment of like, you know, focus on the rim too. But interestingly in the finals, he got rid of the deep breaths and just went into the dribbles. Now it seems like he's gotten rid of the dribbles and he's kept the deep breath. So it's deep breath, one dribble, and then up. And look, I, I, I would say in general, like free throw shooters, simplify your routine. I think most people would say simplify the routine, you know, take away all the stuff that creates more variance can throw you out of rhythm. So I'm, I'm all for, you know, a shorter routine, but ultimately it's what makes you comfortable. Right. And so we'll see. He, Front rimmed and in uh, his only free throw of the night. He's now one of three on on the preseason. Who cares about about one of three? Uh, but obviously, he's going to shoot a whole heck of a lot more free throws once the games start counting. So, stay tuned, and I will break down every change to Giannis's free throw routine. But I don't know. It does also seem like his elbow, like his right elbow, is getting a little more, maybe a little more tucked in than it has been. Like you know, the people have probably seen like the shots of him holding the ball in front of him when he's got about to go up, like there's been times especially last year where it was very pronounced his elbows kind of going way out. And then as he goes up and <laughs> people watching on YouTube can see me pantomime me this, this, this change. And it looks really weird. Cause I'm a, it's reversed in my, 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 yeah, my yeah, yeah, yeah. thing. So I'm becoming a lefty as I, as I do this. <laughs> um, but it, it straightens out as he, as he goes up. Um, and here it looks like it's a little straighter sort of from the start. We'll see. Uh, I, I think, people commented on some of these random shooting videos over the summer that looked like he was trying to sort of straighten his elbow out a little bit more. Um, which again, I would say, you know, is, seems like a, a wise thing. If you were trying to just give people generic, um, advice on how to shoot jump shots or free throws and we'll see what happens. Right. I mean, that's, that's kind of all, um, all we can do is just watch it. And, um, and we'll see, you know, he missed a couple of jumpers in the previous game. He made some tonight. Great. Cool. We'll see. We'll see what translates. Yeah. And I think the, the cautionary message with all these things, because the, the problem with those videos of Giannis knocking down all those jumpers is they were basically feet standing still. They were basically set shots. So this is always the challenge is that you can, you can practice. And remember, it's been such a short off season to really overhaul anything mechanically, but then you get into a game and then you go back to your habits or it's just it's what you've done previous years. So, so we'll see. I had fun tonight. There's no doubt about that. But uh, the Giannis jump shot, we'll always talk about it. I'm sure we'll bring it up multiple times um, through the season. I tweeted. I will. About- I will always. I will always talk about it. But I'm not at this point going to like get my hopes up over you know mechanical changes over anything prior to actually an extended sample of of good performance. That that's my that's my personal rule. I would advise people also subscribe to that because I feel like you know we've we've played out different versions of this with different players, right? Luke Bamute. What if Luke Bamute develops that corner three, right? What if Bogut? Well, he did actually three point but... shot. Not yeah, But in like Houston, right? So, <laughs> man, so, how awesome would, how awesome would prime Luke, Luke Bamute be on the bucks right now? That's in, a PJ Tucker. PJ Tucker role. Perfect. Yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah. One, of my, one of my favorite role, role plays. One of my favorite yeah. role plays, Luke. Love, love that guy. Uh, Fresh Prince. 
I, I did tweet tonight, Sam Merrill with Memphis had 30 points. Uh, shout out to Sam, 8 for 13 from 3. He started that game against Indiana, but I tweeted it. And the reason I bring that up is because it's just got the notification. Jordan Warwick, quote, they're obviously pretty close. He quote tweeted it and said, you know, keep balling. But it's worth bringing up, Jordan Warwick had four assists tonight. And uh, he actually had one really nice bounce pass in transition. He tried Mama. one. Yeah, yeah, he tried one around the back pass. Not, not so nice. Sort of missed everyone. But again, we keep looking for these things. And we had a great response to the podcast. We spoke about Jordan War. People are passionate about Jordan War and excited about him. What about George Hill? There's only been a couple of games of action. I, I saw some people after the first game saying, geez, he doesn't look good. And I was kind of like, well, you know, he's one preseason game. He probably doesn't care about preseason at this point. A uh, couple of games now, George Hill, he came off the bench, played 18 minutes tonight, eight points, four rebounds. Actually got to the free throw line for four free uh, free throw attempts. Didn't hit any of his threes, though. I don't know. I, I'm going to need an extended period in the regular season to see George Hill, but I can't be convinced that this still isn't a big upgrade at the backup point guard spot. Yeah, I think just... He's just steadier, you know. I mean, like you guys might remember last year, you know, DJ Augustine, like just with his lack of size, like you, you literally yeah. have to play like differently, you know, if you're pick and roll defense or, you know, you can't switch. You have to, you know, hedge with him out, hedge recover. We've seen the Bucks do that with certain players, um, you know, like like Kyle Korver famously like would would kind of hedge and recover, which the Bucks really didn't do with their other defenders and pick and rolls. And obviously they would target Kyle Korver. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's 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 just nice having a guy who's, you know, rather than you're, you're hoping he's not exposed at the, at point guard, which is the only position you can play him at, which was kind of the DJ slash Jeff Teague problem um, with George, you know, you hope that he can once again, be very competent defensively at the one, but also be able to swing to the two. I thought, I did think it was funny. Um, they seem to be switching. And the thing was in the third quarter, they were switching when Whiteside was in on some pick and rolls and I think George got stuck on, yeah. I think, cause I think Brooke Lopez was in the game if I remember correctly. So it sounded like, it seemed like they were trying to do, you know, screw around with some, like, you know, even with Brooke on the floor switching um, and George got stuck on Hassan Whiteside a couple times. And um, you know, obviously that's, that's a, a, a very much a struggle for, for George to try to hold his ground against guys as huge as Hassan Whiteside. But um but yeah, I think George Hill is one of those guys. Like on the one hand, you want you know you keep an eye on him because of his age, and he was so good for a role player the last time we saw him, which was you know literally a year ago. Like the Bucks season, his last season in Milwaukee ended just a little over a year ago, you know. But it's two seasons ago now. So, um, you know, again, when you're at in that kind of mid thirties age range, and you know sometimes that drop off can come kind of quickly. So I think. On the one hand, you're, you're kind of watching him closely, but then on the other hand, um, yeah, as you said, he's a vet. Um, he's getting his reps. He hasn't played a ton in the preseason, and so we'll kind of see what what he looks like in the regular season. And I mean, that's the irony too: is that he shot the ball awesomely in 1920, and in his first year in Milwaukee, right? He comes over in the trade in December or whatever it was, and he shot I think under 30 percent with the Bucks that year. But he was still really valuable and really good, just because of again just getting them into their offense, just you know kind of that steadiness going two ways. And honestly, with, you know, some of the firepower they have, you know, especially not throwing Drew into the mix and the fact that you can play Drew with George as well. Um, I, I think, you know, you're obviously not as worried about him, you know, 
increasing his usage, which I think has typically been sort of one of the frustrating things about George is that he's a guy who has scored at times, most notably in his year in Utah, actually, he scored a lot. And then since then, Sacramento, Cleveland, and then Milwaukee just didn't just didn't really want to shoot a lot in spite of, you know, obviously sometimes shooting the ball really well. And he's historically been a pretty, pretty good free throw shooter. And he can he can get to the paint, sometimes get, you know, all the way to the rack or at least get that little floater. And we saw a couple of those floaters tonight. So so we'll see with George. But but yeah, I mean, I, I, I still feel much better about him versus where we were a year ago at the point guard position. And, um, you know, again, um, we'll, we'll just have to wait till the regular season, I think, to get a little bit better better sample but um but we'll see and obviously i don't know if it's i don't know if it makes sense to use a transition point to jordan wara but um you know if you're putting george hill out there tonight it was a little weird because they were bud was keeping the, the 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 three stars together for most of the time so we saw kind of like more like line shift type type substitutions which you're not going to see in the regular season so much um but uh so so we saw like you know Hill out there with a lot of bench guys. It was like a lot of bench guys in Brook for a few stretches. Um, and that's, it was an interesting opportunity for Jordan because, you know, you mentioned he had that one really nice pass on kind of an overlapping cut by, by Mamakashvili for a dunk. Um, and, you know, he got his, his jumper working uh, at various points as well, kind of doing some of the things that, that we like to see. Um so, and it was interesting to see him in a game that also featured Jordan Clarkson, because even though obviously size-wise they're very different, um, I, I look at Clarkson and the way he's able to be that kind of bench spark plug. I mean, look, Jordan Clarkson averaged 18 points a game last year. I'm not expecting Jordan Ward to put up 18 points a game, but, um, but you know, again, can he bring a little bit of that microwave offense? Uh, I, I don't think you're going to have to twist his arm to take shots. Um I think if he, again, as we've been saying, if he can find that balance between being aggressive and and being a willing passer and playmaker and at least being somewhat, uh, you know, conscientious as a def- as a defender, then uh, I think he's a really interesting piece. Especially, you know, you think about um, you think about just the rotation right now, uh, and obviously George Hill is going to play. Obviously, Pat Connaughton is going to play. Obviously, Bobby's going to play when he's healthy. Um, you know, beyond those three guys, I think well, one of Jordan one Moore, of Grayson or Dante. So you're going to have right, four guys I, off Dante, the bench. Dante, yeah. exactly. Dante, obviously, he's out for some yeah. period. So Grayson starting. Dante, when he's back, obviously, will be that that fourth bench guy. Um, but until then, Jordan, I think, has an obvious opportunity because um, you know, and, and we we're just messaging with Eric. Eric messages this this quote from Bud. Um, Shemi is kind of like the, certainly an interesting piece, and and Rodney Hood is probably the other guy, right? I would say I did not see <laughs> I did not see anything from Rodney Hood tonight in his first outing, uh, coming back from uh, well, coming back from I think a, a foot problem, but obviously it's been quite a while since Rodney Hood, you know, since two seasons ago when he tore his Achilles, since he's looked remotely like the guy that that we're used to seeing with him, and so yeah, I mean if I mean. What has Rodney Hood proven to the Milwaukee Bucks? I mean, nothing at this point. Jordan War, I think, certainly has a better claim on minutes than, than Rodney Hood. Um, but Shemi Ojale is probably the other interesting piece there, especially at the four spot and especially with Bobby out. And I think the comments from from Bud after the game, um, this is a, the question about um, is the small ball lineup out of necessity or something that you think you can really use during the regular season? And Bud said, I think it's a little bit of both, but certainly there's a pretty significant necessity element with Bobby dinged up right now and Shemi too. And Shemi is going to be the, that guy that can kind of swing both ways and is a unique player. 
I think it's kind of allowing us to use PC in some of those small groups and then Grayson as a wing with him and Chris and Drew, even mixing Jordan in some with that group too. And we'll just see how guys are doing between now and Tuesday when we tip. We've used it probably more in the playoffs, but in the regular season, some too. It's just good to have as part of your package. So, so yeah, we'll see. I mean, I, I don't think anything's shocking there. Um, I think Shemi's got a calf injury and um, we'll see if we see him at all before the regular season. But certainly this is a great opportunity for Jordan Wara to show that, you know, last year, those, you know, garbage, <laughs> garbage, time, his, his garbage time prowess um, can, can translate to, uh, to real rotation minutes. And, you know, again, I think uh, summer league was a bit of a throwaway for him, but he's looked very good. I think throughout the preseason and you have to give him credit kind of doing more of the things that the bucks want him to. And um, right now I think, you know, I think, Jordan War, I would expect to play on opening night, which you know is a is a fun thing given given the importance of of the Bucks developing some young players and how how big of a challenge that's been the past few years. Well, you mentioned Jordan Clarkson, and he was the sixth man of the year last year. Unfortunately for everyone, Joe Ingles didn't play tonight. He's the second in sixth man of the year voting last season. But Jordan War, you know, I had someone the other day ask, "Is there any odds for Jordan War for sixth man of the year?" And there isn't. And, and that, well, that wasn't a surprise, but uh, I've mentioned before, you know, that, that Lou Williams, Jamal Crawford type that comes off the bench and scores. So I had an interesting YouTube comment about Jordan War, which I want to bring up. But while we're talking about six man of the year betting, you can find out those odds and all the other odds, whether it's MVP, championship, they're all there at betonline.ag. It's also your number one spot for pro and college football action this season. So you can head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Uh, don't forget to use the promo code locked on to receive your bonus. And from football, basketball, boxing to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. That's Bet Online, uh, where the game starts. So, I, the comment in the YouTubes, and I don't have it up here as we're recording here, but the comment uh, in the YouTubes. I, I know. It sounds I like gonna, something my dad would say. I was going to let it slide, but if you want to call me out for it, that's totally fine. Um, by the way, I don't know if we've said this story, but uh, painting the point. Remember, we said that one time, and I don't know whether we mentioned this. And we've I said wanna... it multiple times. I've said it probably like three or four times, and then you said it once because yeah. I was saying it. Yeah. Paints in the point is a tongue twister that I've said in lieu of points in the paint. And yes. But we, but the good news is that it's not just us. During the postseason, I guess people listen to the podcast more during the postseason. And Zach Lowe messaged us and said, "Oh my goodness, this is one of the the most uh, satisfying moments, or whatever. I don't know what word he used. He says I say painting the point all the time. So to hear you guys say that as well makes me feel a lot better as a podcaster. So hey, <laughs> it's just one of the, just one yeah, of those. The, Zach needs us to feel better about himself as a podcaster. Obviously, so glad glad we're doing that for Zach. Yeah, well, he's small time, uh, small low time. post. Small, he's, just a, small... he's just a young Zach's just a young guy, you know, up and coming, just scrapping, scrapping and fighting for to to make it in this world. Good luck to Zach. He's a good. He is actually a very good dude. I've I've had a chance to to meet Zach a number of times in Vegas and stuff. Very good dude. As good a dude as you would expect, um, based on his podcast. So shout out to Zach, who is probably not listening to a preseason Locked on Bucks episode, but we know at least that he's, he's listened at some point. Shout out to Zach. 
Yeah, I think he's going to make it. Uh, so the the the, <laughs> the, the comment in the in the YouTube's was uh, around Jordan Moore, and I said, you know what, I think they should be doing with Jordan Moore. They should be giving him George Hill's minutes. George Hill doesn't need to play at the start of the season. He can play later in the season. And I sort of commented back and said, eh, it's interesting, but they don't really play the same position. But but you said something before we took a break there that is at least interesting. So let's just say uh, we've we've hypothesized about the you know potential for Jordan Wara to be sort of the second scorer in lineups if he really does uh, find his way into this rotation. So you know there might be stretches in a game where you've got Chris Milton on the floor and maybe Jordan Wara is out there with him. They're not guys that you are going to be handling the ball through the entire game, but in stretches they can do it. And then maybe if you have a Dante DiVincenzo on the floor, which we know Bud has experimented in the past of of trying to use him as a you know a point guard of sorts. I I, I don't know. I, I think it's at least the idea is interesting. I do think that George Hill is going to play every single night. But again, I think that's why the passing, that's why the ball handling stuff is, is interesting for Jordan Moore because maybe there is some opportunity during the season to experiment with those types of lineups with those versatile lineups where you might have a Dante or Jordan Moore and maybe it's a Drew Holiday, maybe it's a Giannis or maybe it's a Chris Milton. But the fact that you have multiple guys on the floor that can all handle it without what you would call a traditional point guard is interesting. Yeah, I mean, and we haven't really talked about it much, but you know, I think I think it's great that Jordan Wara is on the same team as Chris Middleton because yeah, yeah. I think, you know, you think about Chris and his development and Chris wasn't even a great three point shooter in college. You know, I mean, it's actually pretty remarkable how much he's, he's developed in the pros. And, you know, I think the big thing we've seen the last few years, obviously is, is the playmaking. And, you know, I've, I've said it probably a few years, I think it was a few years ago. I made the comment that I thought Chris was the best passer on the bucks. And there was a lot of uh, disagreement uh, from my Twitter feed on that um but uh you know i i again i think just in terms of just pure passing feel pick and rolls lobs um i just think he's you know i think we've we've seen it obviously a ton you know he's he's just got great chemistry with Giannis, a uh, very good chemistry with brooke brooke uh and you know we saw we saw tonight um some really nice pick and roll actions we saw drew to Giannis, we saw uh chris to Giannis. we saw a really nice chris to Giannis to chris um, combination, a little tic-tac-toe uh, for a layup that, that Chris had on his way to 25 points. I mean, he's looked just locked in here in the preseason. And I think if you're Jordan Wara, you know, I think you can really take something because, you know, we've seen Jordan Wara go, use a lot of pick and rolls. We've seen, obviously, Chris Milton become, you know, a maestro at the pick and roll. And I think a lot of times when you see these scores, you know, that the first instinct is oh, I can use a pick and roll to create a mismatch or get the defense kind of backing up, whatever it might be. And, you know, I can use it to get to my mid range shot or maybe a step back through whatever it is. And Chris has really embraced that. I can, I can use this to score, but I can also use this to pass and set up, you know, Oh, by the way, like the most dangerous, you know, rolling player in, in the sport in Giannis. And so, it would be funny. I don't. I don't know if Jordan has like run a pick and roll with Giannis. I don't really recall it in the preseason. Um, it would be fun to see to see that because that's the kind of thing that you know obviously uh, would further incentivize Jordan to to try to pass a little bit more. Um, but also he's got that little floater shot. He's got the step back that that he can use. And like Chris, you know, he's not you know in half court. He's not really the guy that that's getting to the rim much. Um, we did see Chris knife to the basket a couple of times tonight, but for the most part, he's just trying to get the space so he can get to his jump shot. And obviously that's sort of Jordan's game as well. They're similarly sized. 
on top of that. So, uh, so yeah, I, I think, you know, again, he's, he's one of the more, maybe the most int- intriguing guy, just in the sense that the best players on the bucks are all extremely well-known quantities. Um, and everybody else is, you know, there's a lot of just sort of like known quantities. I think Grayson Allen, just cause he's new and we're curious to see how he fits is, is a very intriguing piece. Um, but I think if you're talking about like a, a guy who whose role could swing pretty dramatically um, and maybe has, you know, has upside to, to be much more than maybe what we would have penciled him in for at the start of camp. Right. Which I think we would have said, well, geez, Jordan war is probably not, you know, on our opening night rotation based on what we've seen, you know, given how young he is and then given summer league, like not much to see there. Um, he's got a, he's a guy that can actually, you know, become a legit rotation guy this year. And, who knows, right? I mean, who knows what what he might be able to do, getting some consistent minutes, and maybe he gets some some comfort there. So, you know, I want to be careful. I, I think I I you know compared his his uh like his slight upside scenario to uh, to Nick Young, to which um, friend of the podcast uh, Charlie Saturday said uh, corrected me and said Thick Young. Um, so you know if we need if we need Jordan Warren nicknames <laughs> Thick Young, T H I C C that one works. Um, but uh. But yeah, I mean, I think as far as guys that he's watching, though, hey, you don't have to look far. Just watch Chris Middleton. Watch how Chris Middleton plays. Watch how he gets to his spots. Watch how he uses his role men and the type of passer he's become. I mean, that's, I think, a great art archetype for Jordan War. He, I don't think he's ever going to become Chris Middleton as a passer, but if he can weave in a little bit more of that, I think that's certainly a, a very encouraging thing. And um, and yeah, I mean, especially if, if Shemi's limited, we we know there's minutes at the four available. What was Sandro the first? Did Sandro check in for Giannis in the first quarter? Right. Um, you know, I think there's obviously opportunities, and you know, I think Sandro looked like a rookie tonight. Um, we've seen him have some really good performances, especially against the Nets. Tonight was a pretty rough night, uh, just in terms of not seeing shots dropping, I think some foul problems, um, et cetera. So, so yeah, I'm, I'm Jordan's definitely a guy that I think is going to be, uh, you know, one of the more interesting players to watch here. All right. Well, if you play fantasy basketball, it's a massive week for you because you're probably doing your fantasy drafts. And I see it in my Twitter timeline every day. Uh, my uh, Aussie friend, Josh Lloyd, host of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball podcast, uh, is just having a massive week. He's ripping off just endless podcasts right now. You can find them on YouTube as well. So check out the Locked On NBA Fantasy Basketball podcast. And uh, tomorrow on the show, uh, I recorded a crossover episode with our friends from Locked On Nets earlier today. So we assume the Bucks and the Nets are the top two teams in the East. So we had a conversation there with those guys, which was super interesting. Obviously, there's just a little bit going on with the Brooklyn Nets right now. So that was a fascinating chat. That's going to be coming tomorrow. And then on the weekend, we'll do a post-game pod. I, I missed Wednesday to set up the preseason finale against Jason Kidd and the Dallas Mavericks. And uh, the Mavericks won by 68 points today. So, um, you know, good for those guys. That's a, that's, that's a, I didn't even know that was possible. 127 to 59, they beat... The, the Charlotte Hornets. That's, I mean, as a man who was in the building for game six against the Chicago Bulls in 2015, that was a real playoff game that the Bucks lost by 54 points. 68 points is next level, though. At one point, they were up by 70 points. It's, it's hard to believe that it's actually a fact. But, well, Jason Kidd, he'll be coming into this preseason game, Frank, ready to go. He's going to have his massive collar. He's going to have a bowling shirt on and, and ready, to, <laughs> ready to coach up the Mavericks. I was looking at some, somebody was, there were some stats, some, um, post this morning on Twitter looking at changes in pick and roll rates and three point percentages from last season to this preseason, which, you know, 
is that of any value whatsoever, given just the fact that obviously it seems like the Bucks have played their starters very few of the the aggregate preseason minutes probably not but it was interesting that the uh, I think the Mavericks were had gone from 38 39 percent in pick and rolls last year to like high 20s so like like an 11 percent drop in pick and roll um hey if if I'm a if I'm an opponent of the Dallas Mavericks if you want to run less Luca pick and roll knock yourself out yeah let's let's give let's give percent for more post touches uh i don't know i i'm i'm i've not watched the mavericks in the preseason so i'm I'm just sort of having some fun with this but i think they've also um dropped off a bit in terms of their their three-point percentage which kid had some comments mm-hmm. totally predictably about how they're not going to rely on the three-point shot as much which of course is you know ironic given how awesome they were offensively in large part because they spread the floor around Luca and shoot a ton of threes. And that's really what kind of their personnel has sort of dictated. Um, but uh should be interesting. Should be, I'm a little torn. Cause like, I mean, I'm, I'm rooting against Jason Kidd, but I, I, I have a soft spot for Luca. I have a number of friends who are Mavericks fans. So I don't, you know, I don't normally have anything, you know, against the, uh, against the maps, but um, I don't know. I'm, I may have to, I'm, I'm not going to lie. I'm, I, I kind of want Jason Kidd to fail. Sorry. I, I said it. So sorry, man. Look, if he fails spectacularly, then he'll be out of there quickly. I think that's the best case scenario. So uh, we'll see. We'll see how this preseason goes. Like I said, check out tomorrow's pod with Locked On Nets. And then uh, we'll be back for the post game show. We appreciate the support as always. Uh, like I said, let's get to 1,000 subs by the start of the regular season. We're about 160, 170 off there. So I, th- I think it's. I think it's reachable, but for now, for myself and Frank, uh, take it easy. We'll catch you guys tomorrow.